Cornerstone Church's online sermons. This is Pastor Barry. Today we conclude our three-part series on kingdom finances. In this third message, we focus on financial fruitfulness, choosing to be a people who are generous with our finances, focused not on our standard of living, but on our standard of giving. I hope and pray you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to today's message. This is our our third week that we're talking about and have been talking about finances. Um, if you're new or visiting with us, um, we don't talk regularly about finances. In fact, it was I mentioned last week is about three years ago when uh, when we addressed about finances and tithing and giving, but that's that's probably to my neglect because we need to hear probably something more often about that because because of the value that that it, it has in society, our resources and what God's entrusted to our care. And so we're going to continue in this three part series. This is the last the last week. I've got some really exciting news next week. Kelly Rowe from Hope Mission is going to be with us. And so Kelly's going to be uh, taking the, the, the sermon time and talking about Hope Mission and the marvelous work that they're doing um, in the Forest Lawn area and beyond. Um, and we're going to have a chance to, to partner with Hope Mission with Kelly. And, and I'm sure you will really enjoy uh, and be challenged as, as Kelly comes to talk with us. But for this week, we're talking about kingdom finances. And um, we have been, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, financial freedom. And we made a decision, many of us made a decision to face walking out of debt. That we're not walking into debt, but we're going to walk out of debt because of the, the slavery that takes place when we're in debt. We, we lose our freedom to be able to choose with our resources what to do. Um, and, and then last week we talked about financial faithfulness, and that was giving 10% of, of our income to the Lord, living out not only that we trust him, but that he can trust us. We talked about he has never given us 100% of our income, but he has entrusted us with 100% of our income. And then today we're talking about uh, financial fruitfulness. It's not just about faithfulness, it's about fruitfulness. And sometimes we can just focus so much on being faithful, and we can miss out that God, God indeed does want us to be fruitful. And when I think about the word fruitful, I think about increase. And I think about success. I want to be careful with both of those words in the, in the biblical context of increase and success because it's certainly not determined by the world. But before, before we get into that, I'd like to just remind you or inform you if, if this story would be new for you. Uh, it's a story that Jesus told about a man who, who was wealthy. And he was going on a trip. And so before he left, he called three of his servants together. And he entrusted them with resources. And each one got a different amount of resources. Um, it, it was a lot of money at the time and in the time of telling the story. A lot of resources. But the amount was different. The ratio was, was he gave one guy one. And he gave the next person double that amount. And then he gave the next person five times the original amount. So the ratio was one and two and three. I don't know of all the dynamics of, of how much the Bible talks about a, a talent was worth, and there's different indication but about how much it would be worth today. But I think what's really important is is the ratio is one, two, and five. And so for us to understand, this helps me understand it. Uh, it's like a loony, a toonie, and a fiver is what he entrusted to three 
three different individuals. So he goes on this journey. It's gone quite some time. And then he comes back, and, and there's an accounting for, for what each servant has done with what's been entrusted to them. So he starts with the one that he, he gave the five to. And the one he gave the five to comes and says, look what I've done. Here's the original five that you've given me, and here's another five. I, I have doubled that. Yeah, five has turned into ten. And the master, the owner, the, the one who entrusted them with the resources, Matthew chapter 25. He says, well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. There, there, there's joy about that. Well, then you've been, you've been ruler over a little. I'm going to make you faithful over more. And, and then there's the statement, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, the one with, with the two comes to him, presents the two, and he says, not only do I have the two, I've got two more. And so it's the same ratio, doubled, and, and gave it to him. And then the same response, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy uh, of your Lord, and uh, you've been faithful with a little. I'm going to give you more, make you rule over more. Then there comes the guy with the one. Yeah, That's it. He says, well, I, essentially he says, I knew you were nasty. You know what kind of guy you were, and I, I knew you were nasty that you make profits where you don't really work for it. It's kind of like, I'm not going to work for you. He said, I took it and I buried it in the ground. So when he came back, I, I dug it up and here's your buck back. And uh, in the sadness of that moment, Jesus will, I don't think lazy bones is actually how the translation is. And I certainly can't say lazy bones Jones because Shauna is not lazy. <laughs> and so that just doesn't work. Uh, neither do we try and keep up with you, um, the Joneses. But he says, you did nothing with what I gave you. I entrusted you with the resources, wanting to, to not only be faithful, but to be fruitful. And he said, even if you would have just put it in the bank, when I came back, I would have got some interest. I, I think the point, a part of the point of that is, if you've been given a lot, do something with a lot. And if you've been given a little, whoops, if you've been given a little, do something with a little. And if you've been given nothing, you're mistaken. You have been given something. You have been given something. For many of us, we might not take our money and with successful trading, double it. I, I have a gift with finances. I have the ability to buy high and sell low. But, but you've traded somewhere. For, for most of us, we have traded maybe even this week. We've traded our, our time and our energy. And regularly, we trade that for a piece of paper that comes up quite, quite often every two weeks. Or how, however you get paid, or maybe it's not paper anymore, maybe it's just deposited into your account, whatever it is. But we have, we have made a trade. Well done. You've made an investment of your, of your energy and of your time, and, and you've traded that for money. And I, I think that's why money is so valuable, because of what it represents. What you traded to get it, you traded your time and energy, and you can never get that back. And you can replenish your, your energy, but what you expended then, you can, the time that you invested, you can't get that back. And, and so my question is, now that we've, we've traded for that, what are we going to do with the money? What, I think that's what we're going to do with money is, is so very important. And I think the place to start answering that question is with our hearts. It's a heart issue. 
we don't want a divided heart. I don't want a heart divided and in, in conflict, pulled in different ways. Of all of the things that Jesus said you can't do at the same time, you can't serve God and, and, and money. Or he'll, he'll say mammon, and we'll talk about that. But it's an issue of our heart. In Matthew 6.21, Jesus will say, Jesus will say, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want to, want to find out where your heart is? Follow your money. Follow the money trail. And you'll you'll find out where your heart is. Follow your money, and you find your heart. It's, it's pretty revealing, quite often, when when you when we talk to anyone about what's important to us. We can look at three areas of our lives: what we talk about, where we spend our time, and where we spend our money. Th- those three things can tell us lots about our priorities: what we talk about, where we spend our, our our time, and how we spend our money. But Jesus said just a few verses later. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, and he says, and mammon. Given some time to try and serve both, there will be an issue that, that happens in our heart. We will love one, and we will hate the other, or we will despise one, be loyal, loyal to the other. Some, some scholars cite mammon as the ancient Babylonian deity that long before Jesus ever said this statement, uh, mammon was the god that governed all the wealth and abundance, the oppressiveness of the quest to have. To have the oppressiveness of the quest to have. It's, it's often used to describe the world's possessiveness, covetousness, and greed. It's, it's, it's not money. It's the spirit behind the system. It's everything that, that is oppressive in life stemming from the fear of we don't have. We don't have enough. The lust of money, possessions, power, or, or any other things that somehow we, we have to have because we think that's how it makes life work. This is how life works, to have and to get and to and to covet. But we don't, we don't look at the world system to, to somehow figure out how to make life work. We don't look at the world system to figure out how relationships work. Nor do we look at how values or, or priorities work. We certainly don't look to the world to determine how, how resources, how finances work. And I, I, I'm convinced that God has a different way for us And I think that it helps tremendously if we can settle these two things. First, that we own nothing. And secondly, that God owns everything. If we can come to the place and we say, Lord, it's all yours. Everything that I have, it's yours. The the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Fullness therein. If we can recognize that all we do is use what he's provided. We think, well I, well, I own my house, or I own the kitchen, the bank owns the rent. I, I, I own my house. Fair enough. Well, you say that you own it. What's your house made out of? Well, most out, out of wood. Well, where'd you get the wood? Well, from the trees. Well, where'd you get the trees? Well, from God. God let there be in there. You know, we, we just trace everything back. We, we create all kinds of things, something out of something, but God created something out of nothing. Let there be and there was, and so it's all his. 
Well, I, I own my car. Okay, well, I own the bumper and the rest of it. I own my car. Well, what's it made of? Well, it's made of metal. Well, where'd you get the metal? Well, from the ground. Yeah. We, we just keep coming back, coming back, coming back to that it's, that it's all the Lord's. Well, what about the money that I earned? I worked pretty hard these last couple of weeks, and, and I earned this money. Fantastic. How did, you, how did you earn it? Well, the job. Well, how'd you get the job? Well, I got a good education. I passed all the courses. Well, how'd you do that? Well, I, my intellect, I was able to, to do that. Well, where'd you get your intellect from? Well, I was born with it. Okay. And so scripture tells us that we were formed and fashioned in our mother's womb by God. It's, it's just everywhere we can go back about ownership. It, it takes a step back. I own it. And it goes all the way to, and, and God said, let there be. We're able to say, God, it's, it's all yours. Even of the picture of the man going away and giving the one and the three and the five, he gives the money to the servants to use. And when, when the one who only gave him the one back, what was already his, he says, I gave you what was yours. Even he recognized it wasn't his. It was, it was the master's. One of the most... I was going to say common, but there's nothing common about the scripture. There's nothing common about the word of God. But at least with, uh, frequently we see this scripture and it could be very well known. is for God so loved the world, he gave. We would continue his only begotten son. We talk about Jesus and the gift that he gave. But the heart of the father... For God so loved, he gave. And so we give, if we want to be like dad, if we want to be like our father, may we be a people who are, are giving. And I'm convinced of this, that God wants to bless us. God wants, God wants to bless you. I know about my kids. I, I want to be a blessing to them. And I want to bless them. But, but one thing we need to acknowledge in the statement about God blessing us is, he already has. Can we settle that? God has already blessed us. And then secondly, but he's blessed us to be a blessing. Last week when we talked about out of the book of Malachi, test me and try me and see, see me in this. If I, if I will not, and, and it talks about God saying, if I will not pour out the, the, open the windows of heaven or the storehouses of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you that you cannot contain. But part of that is we were never meant to contain his blessing. It was never for just us. We were never just to contain, but rather to overflow. God will speak this to Abraham that, that scripture will talk about a father of faith. He, he says this in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. He said, I will make you, God speaking to Abram at the time, I will, speak, I will make you a great nation. I will, I will bless you and make your name great. And see where I underline? And you shall be a blessing. And he'll go on to say, I will bless those who bless you. I'll, I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. It's, it's not about how much can we contain. friend of mine that I went to India with took me to India for the first time. And as we, as we taught through the Bible school and at pastor's conferences in different places, and 
there was great poverty. Great poverty in areas that we were in. And Pastor Barry McGaffin shared the same message in each place. And it wasn't indicative of how much they had or didn't have. He would talk about God wants us to be a channel of blessing, not a pool of prosperity. He wants to, He doesn't want to just pour into us and we become a pool, a stagnant pool of more and more and more, but rather that we would be a channel of blessing. And he talked about how Israel, the nation, got into trouble each time they became a pool of prosperity instead of a channel of blessing. And his message was God has blessed you to be a blessing. And he, he's talking to so many people who had so little. And he didn't, well, you, you've only got a little, so it's okay, you don't have to be a blessing. No, no, no. God has blessed you to be a blessing. And so it wasn't just financial or anything, like that, but, but they would share what they have and give. We saw that in, in Mexico when we went some, uh, on and on, in Costa Rica, in places, people, people who didn't have a lot, but they would share and give, be a blessing. If we were to talk strictly about fruitfulness and talked about financial fruitfulness, but if we just talked about fruitfulness, literally fruitfulness, talked about an apple tree, and back up and we'd think about the apple tree, that it, it does not produce fruit for itself. It, it produces fruit for others. It's not about producing an increase and in success and an abundance for the tree, but rather the fruit is for others. And I think that about our lives when we talk about financial fruitfulness and pray, God, may there be increase and may there be success in, in our investments and in all that we do of our time and our resource. On, but may there be increase, but the fruitfulness is not for us. And so we can, we're blessed to be a blessing and to give. And I, I, I'm not convinced that God is so concerned about our standard of, of living. I think, I, I think he cares more about our standard of giving than our standard of living, that we would be those who, who would give. And so I, I pray may the blessing of God rest upon my life and upon our lives and us as a church, but not, not for our own sake, that we can be an extension of his blessing to others couple things, and, and we'll close this morning this time. I'd like to invite you and challenge you to. Well, would you make a commitment to be a wise, generous giver? Now, um, full disclosure, there's no offering about to be taken. Okay, we're not, we're not in that moment. Make, I've got two things to say. One, make a commitment to give, and two, the ushers are coming forward. No, it's not like that. You'll notice that I haven't told you anywhere to give. I haven't instructed any need It's because we, we back up and it's an issue of the heart. And the Lord will lead you. Just like when we talked about getting out of debt, I didn't come over to your house and, and start looking around and say, well, you can get rid of that. You can sell that. Yeah. And I, I barred the doors from you coming to my house. You know, we, it's not like that. The, the Lord needs to lead you in that. As the Lord needs to lead us in this about being generous. But would you make a commitment with me to be wise, generous givers. <laughs> Wisdom, that, that has everything to do with, it's not just be, be wasteful or uh, be, a, be a high roller and we can pay for everything and money doesn't matter and we'll just cover, cover that for these people. No, let, let's be wise. None of us have enough resources to meet every need. That's, that's because we're not called to. 
Because it's not all about us. It's about us. And it's, a, it's about a kingdom. And it's about other churches and, and people on and on that we get to do this together. But may we be wise. Maybe we'd be wise. Maybe it's part of the wisdom is, okay, I'm going to set aside some money. Maybe it's in a separate bank account. Maybe it's in a drawer. Maybe it's under a mattress. I don't know. Set aside some money out of our budget to give. And so when a, a need appears, I'm going to have some resources to give. What, whatever it is, set some money aside to give. And then secondly, can we do that cheerfully? Follow through on that choice? It's, it's easier to make that, that decision. If we, we were here and we make the decision, yes, I, I'm going to choose to be a wise, generous giver. Amen. Un, until it's time to give. Then sometimes that's, that's a little difficult. I, man, the diets that I can start after a meal. No problem. It's like Groucho Marx saying, I've quit smoking hundreds of times. You know, it's easy. It's, just, it, 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 it's, it's when it comes down to it. Here's the scripture. It's found in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and the story is this, the setting is this. There's been, been a need in the area of Judea, financial need. Pe- people are suffering. And the church in Corinth, about a year ago, has offered to help. We're, we're going to set some money aside. We're going to be able to have a gift for our brothers and sisters who are struggling in Judea. So Paul writes to them, the Apostle Paul, and he says, um, I'm coming shortly. Can you make sure the gift is ready? And, and some of my friends from Macedonia, I'm going to bring them with me. And so when I get there, it's going to be really embarrassing if you don't have the gift ready. I'm going to be embarrassed, and I don't want you to be embarrassed. And, and, and so we're going to come. We'll, we'll get the resources, and then we'll take it to Judea. But it's this, this journey that he's going on. But he said some, uh, sends them a heads up. Hey, do you remember a year ago when you said you'd help? I trust you've been setting aside some of those resources to help. We're coming to get it. I, I don't want this to be awkward for me or awkward for you or the people watching this. You said you're going to give. Now, give. And that's, and that's where the scripture comes, where, where we talk about um, being a cheerful giver. It's in that context where it says, so let each one of you give as he purposes in his, in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. It's not that there's the need, and I know I said that I would. But he said, let, let it be done with joy. Let it be done cheerfully. For, and that, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because it reflects our hearts. It reflects that, that mammon, it reflects that the resources, it doesn't own us, but we own it. Well, we're stewards of it, and, and we release it. And it's not... It's not the easiest thing to do. Do you know, I, I, a little while ago, I failed miserably at this. I went to a, a fundraiser of, a, of an organization that, that I didn't want to go to. Had friends there, and, and I, so I, I went to it because uh, I was a part of being involved in it. Whatever. I went to this thing, and I didn't want to go, didn't want to, go to the thing. And I gave money, and I didn't want to give the money. And then as I was leaving, I got into the car and I backed the car up right into a Cadillac Escalade. There was nothing cheerful about that at all. And it was like, God, come on. And you know what the problem was? It was my heart all the way through. It's my heart about, I'm I'm going with a bad attitude and I left with a bad attitude and it just just grew. I I don't want to be like that. And I don't think that reflects... 
the Lord very well or represents him well. I want to give as a cheerful giver. And wouldn't it be something if we as a church and we as, as a people, we as Christians were known, not by how much we take, but how much we give. Oh, churches are always looking for money. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's break that. Let's, it's just not true. Let's break that lie and break the power that it can have over us. That's not who we are. May we be known, not for what we take, but for how we give. May we be fruitful and give. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you. Thank you. We recognize that you have blessed us and you have blessed us financially, whether we've been blessed with a little or whether we've been blessed a lot. You said that in that story that you gave each one according to their ability, that it wasn't favoritism and it wasn't I like the guy with five more or anything like that. God, you said according to their ability. So we trust you have entrusted us according to our ability. And so, God, we, we want to be those who do something with what you've given us. So, God, we pray that as you give us increase, as you bring fruitfulness into our lives, God, as you bless us, God, that we would have open hearts and open hands, that we could wisely give to needs, that wisely give to extend your love in very practical ways to so many people around us. God, help us not be wasteful or extravagant. Help us to be wise and to be a blessing. You have blessed us. May we give as cheerful givers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this online message. May God richly bless you as we follow Jesus together.